It's real. everybody, welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast for organizational leaders and those who support them along as they make their way along their DEI journey. In episode 101, today's episode, we're going to focus on What's the Deal? DEI is dead. Oof, what a really, really crazy topic. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk about who we are and what we do. Oh my gosh, Shante, this episode has been in the works for a long time. Super excited to dig in. Um, I'm Natalie Norfus, and I'm the managing owner of the Norfus firm. Uh, we help solve people problems. Uh, we work with organizations all around the world uh, on DEI and uh, HR solutions. Uh, I started my career, goodness, almost 20 years ago as an employment lawyer, working in firms all around the country before coming here to Miami, uh, study Miami. And uh, going in-house, I have worked for really big corporations and, and as an employment lawyer and a chief diversity officer and started this company uh, three years ago. And you and I have been on that journey for about that oh, long. God, it's been such an interesting, fascinating journey over yeah. the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what about you? Who are you? Well, me, um, I'm a number of things, a lot of things, depending on the day. Uh, but <laughs> primarily, I work as a... Um, trauma-sensitive wellness facilitator, facilitator, a performance coach, and a DEI consultant, obviously with the Norfus firm. Uh, I focus on um, really helping leaders apply empathy and emotional intelligence to their work, especially as we do this work in diversity, equity, and inclusion, because it takes a lot of self-awareness and uh, folks tend to lack that nowadays, especially coming out of this pandemic. So I just help folks use that innate empathy and emotional intelligence to really drive change and lead these organizations. Uh, my background, I have a industrial engineering degree from Northwestern University, go Cats. And, uh, and, but that's by degree only. I should not have been an engineer at all. Um, we'll actually, have to get into yeah, that we'll get into that because it is an interesting, interesting, um, like little detour that I took, but it still, it works out. Um, but I am a creative in nature, but in general, um, musician by trade, uh, I guess the work that I do not necessarily trade, but whatever. Um, and so I, I worked in music and that was, um, got me closer to just work being as creative in those spaces that I really want to be in. But those spaces are very toxic and I couldn't deal with all the isms that would show up, the racism, the, the, the sexism, all the isms and decided that I wanted to move, um, into a, a space that felt better for me. So I moved into more of the holistic wellness space, worked for, um, boutique fitness companies for a number of years, uh, went through my own wellness journey, became a yoga teacher. And uh, through all of that work and it, merging the kind of wellness and the holistic space with the DEI work, because I tend to be one of one, one of very few in these organizations at a certain level, it just made sense for me to transition into this space. And thankfully met my partner here, Natalie, and we've been on this wild, wild ride for the last couple of years and just really excited to see where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> So when we were thinking about this podcast, uh, we focused on the deal. And I want to talk a little bit about what that means to us. Uh, now we think about deal, you might be thinking about making a deal with someone, card games, but our deal is a little bit different. It's diversity, equity, and inclusion, and leadership. And why, we are, why are we focusing on that L, the leadership? Uh, what we've seen is these strategies are made or broken uh, by leaders and organizations. If there is not that tone from the top, we hear that all the time, tone from the top. If there is not that true buy-in uh, from the top, these efforts go nowhere. And for those of us like me, Shantae, 
who've been in this, this DEI world for, you know, close to 20 years, we've seen a lot of fits and starts. We've seen a lot of energy and then it all kind of fade out and then a lot of energy and it all kind of fades out. And if when you look over all those years, most of it boils back to it was on some leader's agenda and then it fell off. And when it fell off, it fell off for the entire organization. So our deal is really focusing on how to create sustained momentum around DEI and more importantly, making the fabric of an, of an organization. Now, I think if I were counting, we've probably said DEI about 15 times At least. <laughs> and one thing that you'll find about us is that we find shared language to be super important in our practice, meaning that we're all working from the same concept. So before we dive into today's topic, I think it's important uh, for us to have some shared language around what does DEI mean? So we think about diversity when we talk about diversity. Um, those who know me know I love the dictionary. It's a really good starting place in terms of a standard and us being on the same page. And when you look up diversity in the dictionary, it means being composed of varying elements. Now, that sounds pretty scientific, but when you apply it to people, it means anything that makes you who you are right? The street you grew up on, the language you speak, the food you eat. Are you a single child or do you have siblings? All of those different characteristics make you who you are. So when we talk about that in the workplace, we're often focused on underrepresented diversity, but the reality is, is that we all bring something unique to the table. Equity, which is often confused with equality, uh, relates to fairness. So when we look at equity, it's are the decisions that are made throughout the organization fair? And fair doesn't mean that we all get exactly the same thing, right? Because our performance might merit something different. Our experience level might merit something different. But is there a process or processes in place to make sure that everyone gets what they deserve? Right. And that if there are barriers to, to growth and opportunity, that those barriers are removed. And finally, we have inclusion, uh, inclusion is where people feel like they belong, that, that they are part of something. And not only are they part of something, but they get to be that, they get to be who they are when they do that, right? We hear people say, I want to be my authentic self. And I think for those of us who've been in the work world for a long time, we know when some of us were raised with your one way at work and your one way at home. And as this work has evolved, people want to just be who they are across these different uh, environments. So when we look at inclusion, it's not just, hey, I, I'll tolerate you here. It's more, I welcome you here as you are. And all of those unique things you bring to the table make this place better. And you feel that way. So now that we're on the same page about shared DEI, language, we're thinking about shared language here, making sure we're making not, not making any assumptions as to what people mean. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, do, what the heck do we mean? DEI is dead. That's crazy. Right. When you think about it, because I mean, especially after, you know, 2020, that inflection point with the murder of George Floyd and everyone is Black Lives Matter and just going hard about making sure that, you know, social justice and racial equity and all these things are changing in the world. A lot of organizations definitely took it a step further and said, OK, how do we how do we look at our little microcosm of of the world and how do we make those shifts internally? And so it was this really kind of galvanizing effort that everyone joined together. They came in, they said, yes, we want to rally. We want to make sure these places are diverse. They're inclusive. They, you know, everybody can come here. Like you were saying, all the, all the ways in which people can show up and do really, really good work. And they rallied, right? They went hard for like, what, a year and a half, two years, two and a half. But now it's starting to fizzle. 
like we're feeling that and a lot of our clients are expressing this fatigue that keeps coming up and and then this desire to like when's it gonna when's it gonna be enough when's it gonna work when are we gonna see the things and so because for whatever reason they're not seeing things in a certain way or in a certain time frame they're starting to lose momentum and so they're getting there that is driving them or making them feel like DEI is dead it's not working it's not worth it we shouldn't keep investing in this and so I don't know Natalie what are you what are you hearing what are you thinking about all of that you know, I think the real interesting point about that inflection point uh, is that for some, it was an awakening. Right. Right. And for most of us, or at least those of us who've been in this world, this has been going on for years. Right. What we saw yes. on May 25th of 2020 is not new. Nope. But for some people, it was. And I think when we think if we just take ourselves back to that point when our phones like ringing off the hook, we were talking to leader after leader. It was like there was a sense of urgency. And, and again, for those of us who've been running this race for a long time, we're, some of us were like, well, where have you been? Wait, we've been here. Welcome. Like, welcome to the party. Exactly. How did it's you... been a marathon, <laughs> like a, a lifelong marathon, yeah. I feel like. And so I think for those who we're sort of new to the game, or at least we're feeling for the first time that sense of urgency, you know, there, that's kind of like, you know, you put all the energy up front and aren't thinking about the fact that it's a marathon and aren't right. thinking about the fact that you have to have sort of that steady pace right? because there's some of this work takes time. And right. I think that's where a lot of folks were just sort of in the beginning, like we're here, we're ready. I noticed pretty quickly that uh, instead of what a lot of times would happen when there was a tragedy, uh, you know, brands would put like a black black out their profile. That, mm, I remember that. Right, yeah. Or just like a paragraph about how they stand with the community. Right. These race that these anti-racist or equity statements or whatever they were calling right. them at the but time. Yeah. With 2020, I think what changed is that people realize you can't just have a statement. Mm -mm. And that was a great, great shift. So I give, you know, many cre companies credit for realize we can't just keep saying we support you without the underlying plan or the underlying proof right. that, that that's happening. Um, and so I was really encouraged and a lot of DEI professionals were really encouraged by seeing people really be thoughtful about, okay, we need action plans, we need strategies. And like we always say, you got to approach this like any other aspect of your business. Right. How often do we say to leaders, well, what would you do if you were going to offer a new product or service? You'd research it. You'd strategize. You'd set out goals. Right. And I think a lot of people start off with good intentions in that regard. Mm. And we see, we saw a lot of that when we've we did, I don't know, almost 200 listening sessions in the past couple of years. We've Across talked the world. to like we've interviewed like hundreds of leaders. Um, and, and then there was a misconception about how long things take. Right. Yeah. So that's that DEI fatigue. I've been doing it for this t two years. Right. What, what the heck? Why, why hasn't it changed? Why, why aren't we seeing the things that we want to see? There's so many, and it, but it's like, okay, you weren't really clear on what you were trying to do. I felt like people just opened up the fire hose and just, yeah, we got to do this. We got to ship our, we got to apply resources and send energy here and do all these things. But they weren't very practical to the, your point. They didn't research it well. They didn't come up with a strategy. They didn't do all these things that would sustain multi-year effort in this, in this work. And so now they're feeling like, okay, so do we still got to do this or are we there or what, what's happening? Right. <laughs> so that really gets at, you know, what killed DEI yeah. for these leaders? Yeah. Right. So we're thinking about that. Um, I think the first thing is not having appropriate expectations for the work, right? 
this idea that there is an end. Mm-hmm. And again, if you if we sort of take a step back, this has been going on for hundreds of years in this so that, country. So yep. this idea or this thought that there's an end is the first misconception that I think that right. people have. I think the second misconception, which we see a lot, is practical, measurable goals. Right. Right. People talk big things. We want to work on retention, but it's such a big, huge thing to bite off that people get overwhelmed because it's not in a bite-sized piece. Right. And it doesn't help sort of set out realistically, okay, we know this is ongoing, but in year one, how much can we really impact retention? Like what's realistic? Your data will tell you that, right? We love data, by the way. You'll hear us talk about that a lot. lot. (laughs) (laughs) Because the numbers are going to help move you toward uh, better progress. Right. So, I mean, for me, it's certainly just thinking that there's an end and not having realistic goals that you can measure and look back on. Anything else you've seen? Yeah. I think for me, uh, a lot of these leaders um, just didn't do their own self-reflection, their own work. Right. Again, because I come from this from a mindfulness perspective. So I'm always like, where, where, where is, where are you in all of this? Um, How are you showing up in this space? How are you leading your people? And I think that a lot of uh, leaders went out and, you know, they deployed resources, which is great. They hired consultants. They, you know, hired people internally that maybe had a, an expertise in this equity work or this this um, DEI work. And so, which is great, but what they did, they stopped short of looking at, okay, where, where did you come from? What are your stories? What are your biases? What are all the things that show up in how you lead your organizations that create inequities, that create this, this divisiveness, that create these, these levels where it might be diverse on one level, but then as you grow through the ranks, you lose that diversity. Like, how are you contributing to this? They, they didn't do that work. And I think because it's uncomfortable, they shied away from it. So they said, okay, no, we'll just, we throw money at it. We'll throw money at the resources and we'll let them figure it out. But I actually don't, I can co-sign it by coming to a couple of meetings and, you know, just visibly showing up, but I'm not actually going to really engage. I'm not actually going to show up and do the work that I need to do as a leader to really have this sustain itself long-term. Gosh, what a great point. Because (laughs) when we think about this idea around how leaders show up, what do we regularly hear? I don't think the leaders are really committed. And then you talk, we talk to CEOs and we talk to EVPs and other executives and they're like, well, but why? And it's like, because when I talk to you, I don't understand your commitment to this. I don't understand your why behind it. And you don't get to your why until you really do that self-exploration. Right. And I think that what ends up happening, you know, certainly based on what you've just described, it's a huge mismatch between executives and their employees. Because what we find across the, the gamut is the employees, usually below the executive level, are real well-versed in this, right? Oh, yeah. They know. They know their why, right? Because they are feeling those inequities. They're feeling the microaggressions. And they're really looking to make sure that they're at a place where their leaders do the same thing. Exactly. So um, I, I think, you know, a big takeaway from, uh, from all of this is when we're just being thoughtful about uh, planning, business planning, you want to approach this stuff the way you would, again, a product or a service, but there is that added layer of you are going to have to do some self-exploration. It will be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just, a real funny story, and, and even preparing for today, I, I was, uh, I have a 14-year-old son who is like super into fashion, and he had to like approve my outfits, and there's times where I'm like, really, really? 
But then I'm like, if I don't stay open to hearing his perspectives and looking at all the different uh, TikToks and Mm -hmm. stuff he looks at with the different fashion and thrifting and fast fashion and all these terms he throws at me, I become stagnant. And I think the same is true for these leaders. If you're not really willing to hear views that are not comfortable to you and explore why it's uncomfortable, it's going to always feel like you're not authentic in this work, which, you know, is, is big. So last question. Why should DEI be dead, Shante? Oof. Ooh, that's going to that's gonna rub a lot of people the wrong way because um, folks are so just, no, you know, they want to focus on it, obviously. But I think in focusing on it, it separates it. And, you know, DEI and inclusion and all that work, that's about bringing things together, bringing people together, creating spaces where folks can connect. But I think a lot of the work that that is done in DEI, unfortunately, the intention is to create that connection, but a lot of that work doesn't actually get you there. So uh, you find that DEI is done off to the side. It's, it's done off in a little silo somewhere and that doesn't really, it, it, and, it's, and it doesn't really integrate into the business very well, into their overall business strategies, into their overall goals. Like where are they, where are they, where do they see themselves in the next five, 10, 15 years? And so I know for me, um, of course there should be intentionality behind it. You should focus on it and you should make sure you devote resources to it. However, it shouldn't, it should be integrated. It shouldn't be something that's off to the side standalone. It, when you're looking, when you're making decisions, when you're looking at um, new products, new services, new whatever, you need to apply a DEI lens to that just as, as you would apply a financial lens, how much is this going to cost? You know, those kinds of same financial decisions that you're making, the same kind of resource decisions you're making in terms of human capital, you need to be, DEI is another lens that you need to apply when you're looking at your organizations because otherwise you're never going to achieve the goals that you're going to get to. And you're never going to, you know, we always say the business case for DEI, you're never going to make the money, the most money you can actually make if you don't apply these concepts overall, holistically. Yeah, and so I think this idea that, DEI can be done well as its own separate thing off to right. the side has been proven time and time and again, that it just doesn't, doesn't work. work. <laughs> right. So when you're looking at, um, you know, when people will contact us on, Oh, you know, we really need like a DEI recruiting strategy. You need a recruiting strategy. Period. Right. right. Adding that DEI on the front of it gives people this idea that there's a recruiting strategy and then there's a side strategy. Right. It's all one strategy. It's all one strategy. And I think that, you know, our biggest goal is that if this just becomes part of your fabric, part of, you know, all the different analyses that go into play when you, again, you're developing your products, your services, your employment branding, the like, then it becomes just normal. Right. It's not normal yet. So we think it should be dead because it should just be part of what you do. And if we continue to kind of focus it off to the side... It's, it's never going to be fully integrated. Right. So as we progress through our episodes, we're going to dig further into these kinds of issues. Um, in, in terms of the preview, oh, actually, before I preview, we should probably kind of recap here in terms of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So first things first, there is, this is, this is a marathon. So if we could really be thoughtful about the fact there is not a, an actual there's no finish end date. line. Yeah. yeah, there's no end date. Each year, you're going to have to re-up your commitments and your goals and measure your progress. Right. That will help with that DEI fatigue. Right. And it'll help you uh, progress towards the retention, the impact, all the things that we talk, those buzzwords we talk about a lot. Uh, Second, uh, thinking about your own journey as a leader. 
If you are not asking yourself tough questions, if you are not thinking about headlines that you would disagree with and why or where some of your biases, your team's not going to believe you. And if you're not diversifying your own communities and networks, like you know who you hang out with regularly, look at that group of people. Are they diverse? Most times not. Just because we're, we're human, we tend to want to be around people that we're familiar with. But that also leads to this homogeneity that we see in these organizations. So you need to diversify your friend groups, your, uh, your networks, uh, books and podcasts and all the things that you read and listen to. You just generally need to open up your view. Yep. And then finally, uh, is DEI part of your fabric? If it's not, why? And, and how do you get yourself there? How do we take DEI from being off in the back room to just being part of the day-to-day. So those takeaways from episode one uh, will help carry us through our next several episodes. Uh, We want to see you back for episode two. So this is What's the Deal, powered by the Norfus Firm. We enjoyed having you today and look forward to seeing you in episode two. Mm -hmm.